I'm Molly, your host today, and thanks for listening to Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who have walked out of various mental health issues and into freedom. Today, we'll be hearing from Sandy and her struggle with negativity and negative thought processes throughout her life. Sandy is the co-founder and vice president for No Boundaries International. She's a skilled nurse who used her education for various medical missions around the globe before co-founding No Boundaries International back in 2006. Hi friends, I'm Molly and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness crew continuing our conversation that's really exploring how can we be free from many aspects of mental illnesses and distorted thought processes ranging from depression, complex trauma, nightmares, and really everything in between because we know that if you can change your brain, you can change your life. So we are here today with Sandy, who's going to be uh, discussing her experiences with negativity and how that's affected her life. And then we also have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi, guys. And she'll be coming in clutch with the brain dump. And then we have our friend Carly joining us to help facilitate some questions and really just keep us going. So, Carly, with that, can you tell us a little bit about negativity and what that means? Yes. So negativity is basically just the tendency to have a pessimistic attitude. Most of the time, a person might be expecting the worst from their own self, from others, or situations. So expecting bad outcomes. Yeah. Many times, the negative stimuli will be much more readily processed and dwelled upon than normal. So sometimes it might be really difficult for a person to overcome past traumas or negative things that have happened in their life. Maybe it was a bad interview or first impression yeah. or more intense situations. So at the end of the day, they're listening to an inner harsh critic that is hard to silence. Mm-hmm. And it can... It can just lead into a trap of, of negative thinking of self and worldview. So then you kind of get on this like in this cycle of just mm-hmm. negative thought patterns, just keep producing negative thought patterns. Exactly. Hmm. So with that being said, Sandy, can you tell us about your experiences with negativity in your life? Yeah. So I think it's um, actually uh, pretty related to the definition you just gave. And so, you know, I went through it this season, probably about 20 years ago, where I went through a really difficult divorce. And I know lots of people can relate to that. But um, uh, the whole thing was just really devastating to me. And I, I and it just really caused me to not trust in people, mm. because I just felt, you know, whether it's true or lie, it's that the people were going to leave me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, and you know, there's a whole range of issues revolving around divorce. And that was just one of the things that, that really um, produced a lot of negativity in the way I thought and really caused me to have a shift in my thinking. Um, but it, it's also, it affected my day-to-day interactions with people. I mean, if, if I wasn't going to trust them, I just had these range of negative emotions all the time, real, became like circular thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's not also, you know, with it would be personal interaction with people, but it might be just dealing with day-to-day stuff like paying bills and um, and, uh, or dealing with job situations or the neighbors, you know, like I lived in an apartment and the neighbors are allowed next door. There had to be some terrible reason for that. But so it just really, I allowed it to really, uh, produce a, um, negativity and a, and a shift in perspective for me where it kind of really colored everything that I looked at in life. Mm. And it got to the point where I realized that it's more than likely it's, 
um, even affecting my relationship with God mm-hmm. to the point where I more than likely I was my any kind of prayers I was having to God really were a complaint box rather than uh, than uh, me coming to Jesus for strength and wisdom and and those sort of things where I can receive from Him to really get past the this this trauma of divorce and so um, and then also it was probably made worse a, by a little bit by the fact that I'm an introvert and so sometimes I have a uh, difficulty explaining or expressing my feelings very well. Uh-huh. And so, um, so maybe that would also color interactions with people that I would have. And so one day after this progressed for a while, I had a, a good friend set me down and, um, she said, you know, Sandy, I, I really love you and I'm committed to you, but really, um, you're really pretty negative And to the point where you sometimes it even kind of acts, you kind of act a little bit mean and, and people just don't want to be around that. And, um, and man, it just really struck me hard, and and I I understood. I heard the first part of the statement where she's committed to me, so it addressed that trust issue. Right. But then I realized um, that my perspective and my which resulted in my actions was affecting my relationships, and it's affecting how um, where people did or didn't want to be with me, so that sort of thing. And they just you know didn't want to be around that, and I really don't blame them to be honest. Yeah. And um and I and I came to realize that people don't deserve that. People really deserve to be way more respected in in a, mm-hmm. in a relationship than that, and so it really wasn't fair to to the people I'm interacting with. Um, so it just ended up coloring everything, and so I had to do something, and I knew I had to do something. So I started listening to uh, somebody suggested I started listening to Joyce Meyer, and she has a lot of uh, literature out there uh, about mind transformation in a in a biblical sense. And one of her first, uh, one of the first things that she suggests that you do is she says, think about what you're thinking about. Hmm. Um, and so I really took ownership of that. And, and I, uh, I had to really stop and real, I realized that I was being driven a lot of times by emotion, by feelings. And I had pretty much given, um, you know, the driver's seat of my life over to emotions. And so the emotions would end up driving the bus. And so I would wake up and if I was in a bad mood or, it being negative that day, I just, uh, it, not explicitly just saying, yes, I'm going to be negative and make, you know, like that kind of a declaration, but I just kind of agreed with that emotion. And so I realized that the emotions were in charge of me instead mm-hmm. of me being in charge of me. Yeah. And so I had to, I realized I had to look objectively into, to what I was thinking and why I was thinking that. And so, you know, in other words, was that, a, a take, take away the emotions and was that a good thought that I had or was that a bad thought was a positive thought or a negative thought and so from that I realized and and through some other people help kind of helping me through this is that I had a choice in how I was going to think and that really revolutionized it for me because I I didn't I just thought like you just kind of went with whatever was you know going through your head or or however the life was uh was progressing at the moment and so um, I, I didn't understand that I had a choice in how I was going to respond. And I didn't understand that I had a choice in my perspective and my thought patterns. And so um, that was like huge uh, aha moment for me. I mean, it was like, can I do that? Yeah. And so I had to decide from that point on, I had to realize I have a choice every single day when I wake up, whether I'm going to have a good day or a bad day, or I have a choice. And I had probably have a million choices all through the day about how I'm going to respond to people and how I'm going to respond to that uh, situation in front of me or that challenge in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, at that time, uh, you know, I, I remembered a verse that I'd heard a million times when I was growing up, and it's at Psalms 118.24, and it said, 
this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad it is. And I've heard that like a bazillion times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I realize that whoever wrote it, um, he's making, it's not a, it's not like a poetic line that you just kind of throw in there for good content. But it was like, he's making a statement that every day that he's going to rejoice and he's going to be, be glad about it. End of story. Like, there's no debating. He's deciding that he's going to rejoice about this thing instead of, well, let's just wait and see what happens today and let's see how today progresses. So he's, you know, in this psalm, he's choosing right off the bat that he's going to be positive and rejoice for the day mm-hmm. every single day. And so that had a big impact on me. And then I, uh, through, you know, kind of working through this a little bit and praying about it, I realized that I was kind of agreeing with this, like, spirit of ungratefulness in mm-hmm. me. And uh, I realized that, you know, God had, had has blessed me with all these these different things in my life. Um, and, and and I'm like basically just kind of missing it all. I'm like, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. And so I was agreeing with that being an ungratefulness thing. Um, and so I realized, man, that's not right. That's not fair to God either because he's doing all these things for me and I'm not even appreciative of it. So I really had to spend time and repent of that. In other words, you know, coming before, before Jesus and just uh, saying, I'm so sorry that I've done this, and I just repent of that. And then um, he kind of helped me th- with this, uh, like uh, getting past the negativity thing and being uh, giving me ideas about how to be a little bit more proactive to fight that negative spirit. And and so I ended up making like two lists. I'd have one list where it would list everything that I feel like God has done to me, done for me, sorry, even down to like him just simply loving me. That in itself, you know, and setting me in a loving community and on and on and on. And then the second list, and there's similar lists, but the second list being everything that I was thankful for. And it, I mean, I, and if it had to start simple, like, I just thank you for this hamburger that I just ate today. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like yeah. simple things that I need to be thankful for to get the ball rolling. And I, my goal was to think of as many things as I could that day, um, and then if I had to do the next the the next day the same thing, then I needed to do that the same mm-hmm. you know the same way net the next day. Um, and then the the final well not well, one of the later things that I really realized is I really fully had to surrender everything to Jesus, which I didn't understand that when I first became a Christian that you're surrendering your whole life to Him. And so I realized that through being negative um, and allowing these things. So like my perception to change as I encountered life to be real pessimistic and negative that I was, I was allowing, I was putting myself on the throne of my own life. And I was saying to God that, you know, what you're doing for me is, is not good enough. So I'm going to be in charge. And so I really realized that, um, that I needed to submit to him and surrender to him. And so what that looked like for me, because I wanted to be all in on it is that I, I get on the floor on my knees and that's in a posture, like this physical posture of surrender and humility and saying, Jesus, I'm so sorry that I put myself on the throne of life, and I put you back on the throne, that you're the king and I'm not. You're in charge and I'm not. And um, and I submit to you, and I submit to your kingship and your leadership. And so there's something that happened to me, and I realized that even when I engaged in that physical posture of submission to him, that it changed everything. And so now I've had this whole package of those things I just described that he helped me through mm-hmm. and, and it just kind of sealed the deal when I surrendered to him. And so it's, 
it totally changed everything for me. And so now I have a, a, a much healthier, more positive perspective on life because it really does color everything, like how mm -hmm. I saw yeah. life in general. Well, let me pause you right there. Okay. Just to repeat back to you, there was that discoloration, this overshadowing, mm -hmm. really, of thoughts. And then when you were awakened to the Lord in the midst of it, the colors started to change. Yes. And you started mm -hmm. to see the vibrance and the mm -hmm. love and and really the potential for beautiful things mm -hmm. in life again. And so, Dr. Lori, can we hand it off to you real quick and just hear about negativity from the from the brain point of view and and just practically what does that look like when we are stuck in that overshadowing cycle and and just even the process that Sandy's already described was absolutely beautiful of her having this awakening really and and so we just loved would love to hear your your thoughts on all of that I think it's really interesting. We In America, it's innocent until proven guilty. And so if we don't look at the world through that lens, then something really is terribly wrong. And from the brain terminology, there's a saying that goes, what your brain orders, your brain brings. And so, for example, tonight, I think the food from heaven is Mexican food. And so I need tacos tonight. And if I would go and if I would order tacos and then through the drive through window and they would give me broccoli, can you even imagine what a grave whore that is? And so, but mm -hmm. let's take that and utilize that from our brain's perspective. If Sandy wakes up and she says, I can't trust. Now, this is subconsciously. This is an inner vow that she's already made. She's not partnering with heaven. She's partnering with her experience. And her experience is that she's been hurt, that she can't trust, that she's negative. And so if Sandy wakes up and her brain subconsciously orders distrust, then Sandy is going to see distrust throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first signs that our mind needs to be renewed is that we don't trust that we have negative thought patterns, that people aren't innocent until proven guilty. And so it's just like when you touch the hot stove when you're a child, you say, I'll never touch the hot stove again, but you still touch stoves and ovens. And so there was this interval that she made. She ordered her brain and actually the neuropathways in her brain because they're organized for survival so that she won't trust so that she won't be hurt again. Mm -hmm. And so then what's her brain going to bring her? And then if she's not trusting and if she is negative, then birds of a feather walk together and that's who she's going to bring. And so, again, back to our CPR of negative thought processes, that she needs to be connected in a group where somebody like her good friend, what an awesome friend that right. must have been, yeah. <laughs> sat her down and said, you're negative. And, and this is a response that you're having. This really isn't who you are. And so we need to know what it's like to be on the other side of me. And we need friends like that who will do that for us. And then in the midst of all of that, then we need to know the psychoeducation. She ordered her brain, what her brain ordered, her brain brought. And then she needs to change her routine. And in this routine, it's not that the glass is half full that we're so positive or the glass is half empty because we're so negative. It's that we as followers of Christ know the one who fills the glass. And as long as Jesus is working in and through me and in and through 
Sandy and in and through the people that we have connection with, then we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so we need to have the mindset that we're going to add value, that we're going to require high levels of respect and responsibility, but we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt. And then we're going to see how we could add value to others and partner with heaven in how heaven sees and not be negative. I love that. And I love what you said, giving people the benefit of the doubt, because even looking at Sandy's story, it seems as if the negativity was a form of a self-protection mechanism, really. Would you agree with yeah, that, Sandy? Yeah, I would. That was, that's probably why, yeah. Yeah. So in moving forward and hearing the healing that has happened in your life, can you can you tell us like what truths were redeemed when Jesus met you in it? Um, I think... The truth that we're redeemed is that um, he he just really showed me that he'd, he'd be the one who is going to be faithful to me. He'd always be there no matter what the external circumstances were, no matter what I encountered in life. And that I need to recognize that. So in other words, mm-hmm. um, that I need to be proactive to realize that he's my reward and he's, my, he's faithful to me. Always, always, always faithful to me and he's never left me. And then if I just proactively seek that out, I, it, I, it, I won't be acting on the defense. Like, mm-hmm. where were you when blah, blah, blah happened? Right. And so it's, you know, and just to remind myself every day of that. Mm. Yeah. And I know, like, you spoke a little bit about how that affected your relationships with other people. But also, I was reading the other day about how negativity can actually cause physiological mm. ailments. Like, when you start coming into agreement with like, I'm sick, or I don't trust, or I don't, I'm anxious, or I can't get past this, then you can actually have like stomach issues and headaches. And Dr. Lori, have you ever experienced that working with people like that have these chronic illnesses or just like stomach problems or head problems that you've worked with? Absolutely. In fact, they say that if we worry or if we're negative or if we already expect the unimaginable or free people to hurt us or disappoint us, then 92% of the things that we worry about never actually come to pass. And the 8% that actually comes to pass that we did worry about, it's not as bad as what we thought it would be. So if we start to think about it, it actually produces the chemicals in our body that are really detrimental to our physical body as if that thing was actually happening. And so in the midst of that, then there, there is unbelievable amounts of physical illnesses that are just caused by negativity or stress or the physical toll mm-hmm. that worry and the stress hormones and those things take a toll on our body with. Mm. Yeah. And then for you, Sandy, whenever you learned about who God was, even in the midst of what you were experiencing, it seems like that was the thing that helped you reframe your life. Yeah, so because I had the realization that God is always faithful to me and he's never going right. to leave me and he's help, he, you know, he would always help me through these difficult and dark times. That just it was like a oh, big sigh of relief kind uh-huh. of thing that I didn't have to go through the things alone and then he'd always be there. Like mm-hmm. there's always that presence with me that I'm never ever alone. And so that yeah, that radically changed everything and and caused my lens on life to change from being cloudy to being mm. really clear. I'm like much more clear. I should it say. broke the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So Sandy, with that, if you had one takeaway for our listeners who might be struggling with negative thought processes and those kind of thinking patterns, what would you tell them? 
probably the, one of the most important things is to really, when you, you realize you're kind of in those cycles, is just really stop and try to be objective to re, like remove yourself a little bit from those feelings and, and analyze your thoughts. Like, are they good? Are they bad? And try to be a little more objective about it so that mm-hmm. you can do something about it yeah. instead of just passively agreeing with like not saying yes I totally agree with the negative statement but by not doing anything about the negative statement you're agreeing with it and so if you can just kind of be more objective and just think am I thinking good thoughts or bad thoughts and and that's a that becomes a starting point a launching pad so Mm -hmm. awesome Dr. Laura, do you have any final takeaways for our listeners well yes of course Molly so (laughs) I just want to just in this situation So Sandy went through a divorce that was very hurtful to her and she became negative. And so as a result, she put up walls for protection. And so she would start anticipating the worst or thinking negatively towards others. And so that may have protected her, but actually, and in reality, if we think about the physical or the visual representation of that, when she put up walls so that people couldn't harm her heart, she actually imprisoned herself. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage everybody to think about what you're thinking about. And do you have walls up? Are you negative? Are people innocent until proven guilty? Are you okay? And is Christ enough with you? And you could demand high levels of respect and responsibility for the people that are in your inner circle but can you be gentle and kind and can you love and can you let those walls down so that you can truly be loved back mm-hmm. and so can we again what our brain orders our brain brings and so can we order love and respect and responsibility and relationship and that's what if that's what our brain orders that's what our brain will bring and then even from a biblical perspective i mean he he tells us pretty clearly what to think about with Philippians 4, 8. Mm-hmm. So he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so he gives pretty clear instructions about what we're allowed to think about. So I would just encourage everyone, <laughs> just like what Sandy and Dr. Lori has said, is to think about what we're thinking about because Mm -hmm. if we can change our brain you'll change your life so thank you guys for listening Mm -hmm. and we will talk to you next time on relief from darkness thank you thank you guys thank you sandy for sharing thank you guys so much for listening to our relief from darkness podcast if you would like more information or looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.